discussion about how 40 years later, the Beirut bombing still shapes the Marine Corps and Marine veterans. Today, October 23rd, 2023. Good morning, Early Birds. I'm Jonathan Lairfeld, and this is the Early Bird Brief, produced by Defense News and Military Times. Today, Marine Corps Times reporter Irene Lowenson joins the podcast to discuss how the Beirut-Lebanon attack left marks on the Marine Corps that have endured for 40 years. So, Irene, can you tell us about the Marine Corps' mission in Lebanon in 1983? The Marine Corps was on a peacekeeping mission to have a what was called a presence in Lebanon in the middle of a turbulent civil war. It's important to note that the bombing that occurred on this day 40 years ago was the largest loss of life that occurred as part of that mission. Marines died before and after as part of that mission. There was a bombing of the Beirut embassy in April of 1983, and Marines were targeted with gunfire and so forth, um, in addition to the the devastating loss of life in the bombing. Yeah. So can you walk us through what happened exactly 40 years ago today, and how did it profoundly affect Marines across the Corps and also other service members? It was the early morning of Sunday, October 23. 1983. And because it was Sunday morning, uh, a lot of Marines were still sleeping in the barracks where they were housed at the at the airport in Beirut. A suicide bomber drove an explosives-laden truck onto the compound at the airport, um, which did not have very strong security at all. And it was the largest non-nuclear blast in history up to that point. And it initially lifted the barracks off of its foundations. The blast killed 241 U.S. service members, including 220 Marines, 18 sailors, and three soldiers. In a separate explosion, 58 French troops were killed. Um, Six civilians were also killed on that really devastating day for the U.S. military and, and beyond. So what did a DOD investigation end up finding out about that incident? And also, when did the last Marines leave Lebanon? So the DOD um, investigated in the months that followed and found there was there was simply not enough security for the Marines who were stationed at the compound at the airport. They didn't have enough support in intelligence gathering or turning that into useful analysis. But also um, there was like flimsy barbed wire that the truck carrying the explosives kind of drove right through. There was an open gate. Because of the peacekeeping rules of engagement, the Marines at the guard posts, the magazines weren't in their weapons and they couldn't fire in time. But it seems like based on the DOD investigation, even if the guards had somehow managed to halt the truck, the explosion would have still caused significant casualties. The Marine Corps learned it's really important to keep Marines safe while they're on an installation. Danger doesn't just come on the battlefield. So ultimately, it it was not long after the October 1983 bombing that the U.S. pulled Marines out of Lebanon. The Marines were pulled out in February 1984. So something I'm curious about is how Marines and Marine veterans today are remembering the incident. Well, 40 years is a big milestone, but it also, because the Marine Corps is such a young service, it means that the majority of Marines currently on active duty were not even alive when this happened. And even the the Commandant, General Eric Smith, 
who became acting commandant in July and commandant in September. General Smith was alive, but not even in the Marine Corps when the bombing took place. He's the first commandant for whom that's true since 1983. For current active duty Marines, the bombing isn't a personal direct memory. And sometimes that that comes across in the Marine Corps' messaging about the bombing. I noticed that last year in 2022, the Marine Corps Instagram page put out official posts to the to the page about all kinds of anniversaries like the Toys for Tots formation and the Space Force birthday and all number of things, but did not put a post out about the bombing. And Instagram posts aren't everything. And certainly the Marine Corps has marked the anniversary in a variety of ways in recent years. But I thought that was kind of striking. But to your question about how Marine veterans are are marking the event, there's an annual commemoration that's held at Camp Lejeune in Jacksonville, North Carolina, which was the home base for the Marines who were killed, where a lot of the veterans who survived the attack or otherwise served in Beirut come to Camp Lejeune, have a solemn ceremony remembering those who fell in the attack. General Smith is coming to the event this year. The, the milestone event is going to be particularly big. And there are lots of other ways that Marine veterans are remembering the the tragedy. I spoke with one Marine veteran who did not himself serve in Beirut, but was a young Marine when it happened, when the attack happened. And he has been walking every five years. He walks 273 miles around Jacksonville, North Carolina, uh, in memory of the 273 Marines who died in the Beirut bombing on October 23, as well as in Beirut in, in the years before and after and in Grenada in 1983. And for him, it's just a matter of these people sacrifice so much, they shouldn't be forgotten. This is a really big event. And his name is Doc Doolittle. He just wants to raise awareness about the effect of that tragedy, especially in the Jacksonville community. Given all of what you just said, based on your reporting, do people think that it should be commemorated more or less or in, in what ways? I certainly can't speak for all people or all Marine veterans or even all of the Marine veterans who served in Beirut. Some Marine veterans feel pretty strongly that there should be more done to remember this really calamitous event. It was the largest single-day loss of life for Marines since the Battle of Iwo Jima in World War II. There are hundreds of families that lost a son or a father or a brother or a friend, and it's just a, a, a tragedy on the scale that it's almost hard to wrap your mind around. But, you know, I, I, can't, I can't speak for, for all Marine veterans, but that, that is a sentiment I've heard that maybe because the Beirut mission is now seen as a mistake— and the Marine Corps doesn't like to celebrate mistakes, and the country doesn't like to celebrate mistakes, sometimes this gets left out of what people remember. So are there lessons the Marine Corps says it has learned from this incident? Also, what else was spurred by the, the tragedy? One thing the Marine Corps learned is it really had to improve the security of its installations especially but not exclusively overseas. Terrorism wasn't a totally new idea, but this uh, solidified, I think, that, that it's something that the military has to be aware of. 
General Anthony Zinni, who went on to lead CENTCOM, was right after the bombing, was given a, a change in assignment from what his next planned job was to be. And he ended up making sure that the Marine Corps was protected from terrorist attacks. And so when you drive onto Marine base today, you have to show your ID to the guard at the base. And if you try to just ram onto the base, you'll get your car will get stopped by these rods that come out of the ground. Uh, General Zinni told me, that's because of Beirut. Those are measures we put in place because we learned from Beirut. You have to be mindful of terrorism. You, I spoke with a Marine veterans who said it was a, a shift in who they felt like the enemy was. It was kind of the beginning of we're fighting terrorism, which of course became a more profound sentiment after 9-11. In the immediate aftermath of the attack, Marine recruiters saw a surge of people wanting to sign up, wanting to serve in the Marine Corps because they were just uh, affected by seeing the tragedy. That's it for us this morning. To get more of the top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Defense underscore News and at Military Times. This episode of the Early Bird Brief was hosted and produced by me, Jonathan Lairfeld. If you enjoyed our conversation today, be sure to check out Irene's work at MarineCorpsTimes.com. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Gruss. Have a great day.